All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Abba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever! Yeah! All right, hammer! What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk! That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk towards it. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Hey guys, it's, it's hot here, man. It's, we, we talked about it last episode, but it's 70 degrees outside. It's November. It's ridiculous. It's balmy November it's day. Balmy. And in my in my uh, in my excitement and my in my in the, in the heat here and the humidity, I forgot. You know, I forgot last episode to like introduce the show. Guys, welcome to the Woolworths Filmcast. This is the Year Detroit podcast for film, TV, news, and discussion. My name is Kale Davidoff. I'm here as I am every week, sometimes two or three times a week, with my friends. Colin Ward and Mitch Hava. Colin, Mitch, and I, we get together every week having seen the same movie to um, sit down and discuss it and debate it and whether or not it's good, what Oscars it might win, all that stuff. Um, you know, we've, this is, we're, we're in the 30s now with this, with this podcast, guys. Congratulations. Um, we, we, talked, we, did, we did two episodes this week. We're, right, tonight, we're going to discuss Steve Jobs on this episode. Um, before this, we, we discussed uh, the Steven Spielberg movie *Bridge of Spies*, which will come out on iTunes uh, the same day as this. And we had a we had a little uh, offhand comment in *Bridge of Spies* discussion about whether or not *Bridge of Scott* *Bridge of Spies*, as good as it was, does it crack each of our top ten films of the year? We've obviously 30 episodes, and we've seen a lot of movies. Um, I made the comment that I don't think, as much as I enjoyed *Bridge of Spies*, that it cracks my top ten. So in between episodes, we kind of uh, we kind of sat around and, and uh, made lists to uh, confirm or deny that. Colin, you said immediately that it does it is in your top ten. Mm-hmm. Now looking back in between episodes, can you confirm that it's oh, in yeah. your top ten? It Bridge is. of Spies is in your top ten. It's in my top ten. I don't know where it ranks. I don't know where any of my top ten ranks, but I know so, it's in my top. Yeah. 10. So no one to ten ranking, but yep. just what are your ten favorite movies you've seen this year? Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Sicario, mm-hmm. Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. Inside Out, Ex Machina. Oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Bridge of <laughs> Bridge of Spies, Slow West, Grandma, Love and Mercy, and Beast of No Nation. Oh, interesting. Now, see, you brought up two movies that I now I think I think I can say that Bridge of Spies is not in my top ten. Wow. Yeah, um, I could probably say the same thing. Um, you know, I'm gonna. I'm going to take out Jurassic World for you, Colin. And for, for humanity. humanity please. <laughs> well, I gotta stress that I am saying that these are Put the... it in if it's not if you are. No, 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 I know. I would love to diversity between our top ten. I wanna stress that this is my these are my favorite movies of the year. This does not mean the best movies the best. I've seen in this year. These are just the movies that I enjoyed the most and will watch the most after this year. Um, here are movies that are that are more enjoyable to me than Bridge of Spies, which I enjoyed. Um, Mad Max, Inside Out, like you said, um, Love and Mercy, and some other other Ex Machina for sure. Grandma, Sicario, those are all ones you said. Straight Outta Compton, did you put that in there? And it's not in my top ten. So Straight Outta Compton for sure. Um, Sicario, Ant Man, um, Spy, Mission Impossible Five. <laughs> Spy? Yeah, I enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed, I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed Spy too. It's not in my top ten. 
I well, that's, this isn't. This is like my top. Maybe 13 he right likes now. comedy. This is this is my top <laughs> thirteen. Like uh, gra- uh, grandma, I think I already said. Um, I don't know if I said this. The Walk. I enjoyed watching that movie, man. I mean, I really didn't get a kick out of watching. I I felt more into the cinema in that movie than I did Bridge of Spies. But did you enjoy it more than Beasts of No Nation? <laughs> that did not crack. But I don't ever <laughs> want to watch that movie again. But for different reasons. And then look, I don't care what you guys say. Ten Ted Two would be in my top ten before Bridge of Spies. Okay. I, I love is, that movie. This is different. If we're making like a favorite movies to watch, then yeah, of course Beasts of No Nation is not in my top ten. But yeah. I'm talking about best movies I've seen this year. I, okay, like, even even best so, crafted. I, yeah, yeah. Um, that would contribute. Yeah, that of course, I would. Con- I would put contribute. Beast of Donation in there, but I'm not going to put that. Okay, in my so if uh, let's say Ted Two and Spy don't make that for me, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, um, if, when we do come out with our final list. Uh, yeah, if we're talking best movies I've seen this year, not like my favorite favorite, I still think it may not, depending on whether or not, you know. I guess Ant-Man would be the one to replace, but I still have a lot of affection and respect for that movie in certain mm-hmm. ways because yeah. it's building on a genre that's different. Different. But anyways, so I don't know. I mean, it, it could be in there. It depends. It depends what it depends what our criteria are, Colin. Well, definitely. Yeah. Um, but sure? it's I, not one because that... Because I, I enjoyed it, watching Trainwreck, but it's not... I think at the end of the year, I'm not going to be like... That's not going to... I don't think... I don't know. You know, I'm going to think more for sure about like Love and Mercy and Mad Max and Ex Machina mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Inside Out. And there's like, just movies that come to mind before Bridges Spies. Of course. Who yeah. Knows? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mitch, does this crack your top 10? We haven't heard from you. Is it crack your top 10? Uh, probably not. No. Um, what would they be? Uh, you, can well, do, you can do the favorite thing and then kind it, of a It's kind it. of a mix of both favorite and best. Uh, but I guess I'll do favorite. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a mix. Uh, what we do in the shadows came out earlier this year. Oh yeah. Um, I thought. Uh, sorry, I'm flipping through my notebook. Uh, Ex Machina, Mad Max, um, Inside Out, Love and Mercy. There is a lot of consensus here, which is kind yeah. of interesting. Mm-hmm. Amy. Um, Did not see Amy documentary. Yes. Um, Mission Impossible is up there. I don't know if it would crack my top ten though. Um, Grandma, Straight Outta Compton, uh, Sicario, man, yeah. Uh, how many was that? <laughs> One, two, three, four. Probably the end of the tour. That's a movie I'm going to think about a lot. You guys haven't seen that yet. I really um, want to see that. Um. That's a movie I probably need to see again because there's a lot of interesting stuff uh, that they talk about about fame and depression and stuff. So interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I guess you know, who knows? I mean, I need to think about it a little more. But it's a fringe top ten for sure. If anything, Bridges Spies for sure. And there's a lot more movies that are. And there are a lot more movies. Yeah, that's gonna. <laughs> I, our top ten for, like list or episode will probably will not come out until before the Oscars. Yeah, like February. Because you know, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for no, for sure. So it's we, kind of yeah, like, we're not gonna get it's like an unofficial halfway point. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna get yeah half of them until January anyway. So. Um. Interesting. Um. Um. Well, we, I want to get that out of the way. You know, stir up some controversy between the three of us. We do do. Uh, we, we do do. Um, before we get into the movie of the week every week, we do a little the movie and TV uh, headlines. Um, this was an interesting um, 
since we're in November now, Colin, mm-hmm. this was an interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, October, not a good month for movies, apparently. I mean, of course, we have exceptions like The Martian, which did well. But in comparison, um, this year's October was down more than half of last year's October. Wow. Which is kind of crazy, I that think. That is crazy. Um, and especially Halloween weekend, which is normally a pretty big draw for the box office. Um, this one, um, there weren't any not like, very scary good. movies. Yeah, was, that, that, that's definitely part of the problem. Yeah. Um, well, and also, you know, so so I guess do we want to start talking about like why do you think that is? I mean, I think even though Halloween weekends a, a, a big and Halloween's a big month for movies, you know, you don't usually have Halloween on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which could deter people from going to the movies, right? I mean, who wants to go to the movie theater on Halloween night? There the were kids no, don't. They want candy. There were no kids' movies either, yeah. really. Well, that's um, what I was reading up. It's, there was a lot of adult movies that got released in October. Yeah. Especially on Halloween weekend, we got Burnt, Burnt which I don't know anyone who's seen. Uh, Our Brand is Crisis. I don't know anybody who saw that. Either. Yeah, and these are like these two big bank, actors. The bankable actors. stars. Yeah. Yeah. Bullet and um, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Um, so it's interesting. It's, I mean, we had other movies like Steve Jobs, Crimson Peak, although scary, was R-rated. Uh, there are a lot of um, adult movies that came out. Um, and I think the only kids movie to come out was Hotel Transylvania, but that came out in like the very first mm-hmm. week of October, So, which was a stupid idea. I don't know why they didn't release that like the weekend of Halloween. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no PG-13 scary movie around Halloween. Now, I have no... Wasn't there a paranormal activity movie? But I think people are tired of those. Thank God. Thank God. Well, I have no statistics to prove this right now. And maybe this is a blog post I'd I'd like to get into eventually. But I wonder... I mean, you look at what else was going on in October and what this might say about the state of movies and the thin line between movies and TV. I mean, you do have the beginning of fall TV season. Walking Dead is just absolutely killing it. Mm -hmm. You know... People would rather on a Sunday night stay in and watch The Walking Dead. American Horror Story. Uh, American Horror Story is killing it. Uh, Supergirl, like we said, is killing it. I think these are all Sunday. Is, is her American Horror Story Sunday night? Wednesday. Wednesday. Well, even, tonight. Whatever. Tonight, right after the show. Um, you know, you've got that. You've got baseball playoffs, which go now until they just ended and it's November. Um, you know, you've got the, the, the crux of college and professional football season. Mm-hmm. We had Michigan-Michigan State game, that 3.30 game being the biggest 3.30 football game ever in October for, uh, for ESPN. Yeah. So you've got other things breaking that these Evil records. That Evil show. Well, they've got. I mean, there's just so many more options now for yeah, entertainment, yeah. especially in Octo- in October. In the same way, where like Ultron didn't beat Avengers, and there a lot of people were pointing to the the Pacquiao Mayweather fight that weekend from taking away from it. I wonder. I don't know. It's been a kind of a, a the MLB playoffs have been a draw. TV's in general has been a draw, whether it's AMC or whatever. Yeah. Um. There, I think there's there definitely could be something to that, but. When I mean, we're comparing last October too, which had you know big, high-profile college football games. That's true. Walking Dead always comes back, I guess, in October. American yeah. Horror Story is always back in October, and the past two Octobers we've gotten Gravity and. What came out last year? It was a big one that came out in October last year. Isn't it ridiculous that The Force Awakens probably made more than some movies? <laughs> probably yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i mean you have these things it's, i wonder too if it's like i mean if, if people are if that's an if that's an effect on, on, on people i mean there's been 
there's been this kind of like throughout the last decade or so, there's been this kind of 1% and 99% in like the box office arena. And you've seen that so much this year where like there's huge successful movies, whether it's Jurassic World, Straight Outta Compton, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man. And then you have ones that aren't making any money. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot speaking of these of, movies. Speaking of this past weekend, who is interested in a love story centered around a chef who's trying to redeem himself? And a political campaign that takes place in well, where was it? Some South America. Somewhere not. America. Somewhere America. not the United States. Somewhere in a political system that the yeah. that the audience doesn't understand. I mean, yeah. I love food. I don't love it that much. Yeah. Now the burnt trailers pissed me the hell off. I don't know why. Yeah, they were annoying. <laughs> Especially Gone. the way they start. It's just Bradley Cooper's drunkenly screaming. It's like, where are we? Nothing is-, is more serious than food. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing? Food uh, movies bother me sometimes, but Gone Girl was last year October. Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but that also, and then this month too, we had The Walk, which did not do good at the box office. Nothing we saw except Marshall. Rock the Casbah with Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, that came out. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that yeah. Terrible. No, it's a, it's, it's amazing. Not a good month. I mean, it's not a good month for the film cast either because I mean, I'm not kidding. We're, we're we have to do what's out there, but people aren't seeing these movies. I mean, not as not as much as they were in the summer. Yeah. And it's just, it's kind of interesting. Steve Jobs, which we're going to talk about too. Yeah, I can't no believe it. I mean, it that just bombed. Fl- yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, it, maybe. Has maybe, it made more than Jobs yet? The one that with Ashton Kutcher? I don't know. I know they were kind of close. Yeah. But, oh. But, well, I know. Um, my, my friend was like, yeah, that looked really good. I'm surprised no one saw it. And I was like, did you see it? <laughs> yeah. Did you see it? Because I did. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a marketing thing. Maybe people don't know that this is even on. I mean, maybe they don't. I don't see a lot. I thought the Steve commercials Jobs. were pretty good. No, they're good, I, but they I don't weren't. see a lot promoting. Like, I don't know if uh, everyone knows this movie's out right now. And, like, Colin, you had this big thing about how it was. Re- it had a pre-release. Yeah. And they confused the hell out of people. Yeah. And they, I swear, I was at, because I was hosting Bar Trivia one night, and I saw an ad for Steve Jobs at, I think, at the end of September, and it said, everywhere, November 5th. I'm like, oh, it's coming out. No, I mean, everywhere October. October 5th. 5th yeah. Oh, it's coming out soon, and then you know it doesn't come out for a couple know, more weeks. Yeah, that was that probably yeah. killed it. That was not smart. Yeah, if they would have just ever actually everywhere on October 5th, then I think more people would have yeah. seen it. I mean, good actors, director, writer. I, I swear, like you would think the amount of people who claim they love Aaron Sorkin that this movie would have done well, mm-hmm. and I don't think any of those people. Saw it. They were very busy. Very interesting. I mean, I was doing that too. (laughs) (laughs) I made the time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Well, we'll get more into Steve Jobs and maybe why we think it's not doing well at the box office. Um, Once we get to that discussion in the in the uh, meat of the show, Um, more more uh, more news though. Uh, Mitch Key and Peele have a a new movie coming, and hopefully for their sake, they don't release it in October. For yeah. For all you, well, they probably will, <laughs> knowing I mean, uh, knowing this direction. Well, or, or maybe, maybe they should. They should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But so, what do they got cooked up? So, knowing uh, all you regular listeners out there, probably have figured out I love comedy and I love animation. Um, so, Keen Peel, uh, Detroit Dies with Keegan Michael Key, and Henry Selick or Selick, the director of Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline are getting together, which Coraline, also Michigan ties. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Detroit, Detroit Film Podcast. Yeah, yeah yep. And uh, they're getting together to create and develop an animated feature called Wendell and Wild. So it's going to be stop motion, and I'm super excited because lately all the stop motion that 
uh, Leica Films has put together have just been just the best. And I think there's like, and Key and Peele, yeah, like, and they're hilarious. They're... And uh, that just those like Paranorman, Coraline, and the Box Trolls just supremely underrated and I un- underseen. Coraline. Coraline is amazing, mm-hmm. very scary too. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited because it's going to be funny and it's going to look great. So. Sounds good. Something to look forward to. That's all, that's all. That's all the news we got for that. So far. <laughs> I am very into. No, that. it's cool. I'm 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 pumped for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm always love some uh, love me some stop motion and love me some original movies. <laughs> all right. I mean, it's good to right. That's, that's just, why animation is, is the best because yeah. they make their own. Yeah. It's always original. You get all sorts of different art forms in one and ugh. and yeah, it's weird. Um, stop motion. The stop motion nowadays has just gotten so good that well, you are right, amazed right, that right. there are even physical, you know, dolls mm-hmm. being manipulated. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of non-original movies, because um, we, you know, dum dum, which is just every dum, week dum, that there's there's just something. Dum. Um, there's reboots every every five minutes. Now this is this is one that I think has kind of been waiting to happen for a while, which is Mark Wahlberg announced, um, and I think that it was like rumored and now it's official this week that there is going to be a six billion dollar man movie starring Mark Wahlberg coming out in the, the end of 2017. We can rebuild him. We can make him stronger. Um, we have the technology, and they're going to try to do all of that. They do have the technology. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm not kidding. I guess this is something. It's a it's a franchise that I think makes sense for a reboot. Now, if you're unfamiliar, Six Million Dollar Man was six, so, six, so funny. Six so so this is what this is like a freaking other Austin Powers Doctor Evil thing here, where <laughs> you know the Six Million Dollar Man was a movie in the '60s or in the, sorry in the '70s. Um, I thought it was a show. Did I say movie? Yes, you did. So, uh, anyways, it was a, it was a TV show uh, starring Lee Majors um, about a, about an air uh, like a pilot who is crashes. It's all fucked up. It's all messed up, <laughs> and they have to they decide that they're going to use this opportunity to use bionic technology to make him basically a superhero, where he he is uh, you know more more machine better. than man kind of thing, and he he is stronger and faster than every man on earth because he's made from robot parts. Um, Frankly, the TV show, obviously, it's the 70s action TV show. It's dated and it's weird, but it's always kind of been a really cool concept. Um, I actually just read, it's sitting over there somewhere, because this is also known as the Bionic Man. Um, I read a, a Kevin Smith comic book uh, the version of this story, and it's really good, actually. It's really interesting. I don't know if they're going to try to do that adaptation or not, but, you know, Steve Austin has kind of been a, he's just a, the classic badass character, and, um, I think Mark Wahlberg will do good at this role. I mean, you know, I, I don't mind. Look, I, I don't know. For gonna some, put a bunch of, for bunch some of reason, I mean, and Mark Wahlberg's not meant for every role. And like, I, I will make fun of his role in some movies, but I, he's a good dude for sure. Um, you know, like whether it's the, the Departed or Ted, I mean, he's shown that he can be charismatic and fun and interesting to watch. Boston accent. As long as he has a Boston accent, so I don't know. That's not I'm, a Boston accent. That's just his accent. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he can be robotic <laughs> if he wants to. If, if, if that's well, we've well, seen the happening. So I we haven't know, seen the happening, but I've seen the robotic. I've seen parts of the happening. Yeah. What are they doing? Talking to a tree. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Does anyone have interest in this besides me? 
that this might be good. It could be hilarious. I think. Could be hilarious, but I don't think they're gonna. It's not like a roadhouse thing where they're gonna try to make it maybe campy or something like that. You if know, if it's what I mean? like the other guys, maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. I they're am. they're gonna. You know, they're gonna make it like fucking badass. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I'm not. If Mark I mean, Wahlberg. I'm not, I'm not familiar. familiar I'm not familiar with the original, and when Mark Wahlberg's the only name attached to something, I don't really. Yeah. If, if, if Mark Wahlberg has anything to do with it, it's gonna be badass, no matter what. I wanna, I want money in it. Uh, I, I, whatever. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm, a, I was a big fan of the comic that I just read, and I, and I dig it. So we'll see. It, there's potential here. Um, I would like to say too that Lee Majors, the star of the original TV show, is from Wyandotte, Michigan. Oh, wow. Gonna throw that Michigan connection out there as well. Yeah, it's just a oh, Michigan packed so, episode. Yeah, it's weird. Michigan, yeah. Michigan, Michigan. Wow. Um, you know, I guess uh, just lastly, I just touch on this. This is this is one of those where like it's a reboot that makes sense. No one's gonna be offended by this reboot. Like, not. I guess we could cut it out. Oh, Ocean's yeah. Eleven. Reboot. Oh yeah. And all the controversy around that. Oh well, I don't know how official is that. They, it was an announcement, was but an, we don't know. Uh, well, let's talk. We you know what? No, let's talk quickly about. talk about this. Fine. We can wait on it. I know that Sandra Bullock was being circled for the Clooney part. We are of course talking about this this reboot that's supposedly happening. This Ocean's Eleven reboot that's a female cast and similar All to the, female similar to the way that they do they're doing the female Ghostbusters reboot. Now, here's my thing. Um, Ocean's Eleven, the 2001 movie, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and I respect the old one. I, I don't think it's at half as good as the 2001 version. But, I like the old one. But, but um, look, I'm the biggest Rat Pack slappy in the world, but that movie is just kind of weird in a lot uh, of ways. It's camp and all um, that, yeah. but, it's, but it's original. But it's different. anyways, anyways so Soderbergh's uh, Ocean's Eleven is one of my favorite movies ever. Whatever. Yes. Um, I don't mind, you know, like, the go. I don't have anything offense. There's no offense to me being like, oh, let's do it again with female characters. I, though, am in the camp of, like, why do we need to do it? Because like, it's the same story. Well, yeah. Rather than why don't we just do a new story that women can just have? Like it doesn't yeah. need to be. Yep. We can do this as good as men. Like we know you can. We don't have to prove it. Yeah. Why can't it be a completely? Why can't it be better plot? and something different? You yeah. know what I mean? Like I don't. I, that's just where I am with it. I'm not offended you know. by it. I just like you know we know what's gonna happen more or less, and yeah. we know the style they're gonna go for. Why do we need to see this done again with a different gender? I don't know. Yeah, you guys well, totally agree. I agree. Why can't somebody just write a an original heist plot with female characters? Right. Well, that sounds hard. Did I just <laughs> say that? I mean, ooh, I struggled to get it out of my mouth. That was crazy. Did you think she's gonna be Danny Ocean, like Danielle Ocean? Danielle Ocean. <laughs> That would be. I would be furious. Ber- <laughs> who's gonna play? Wait, who's gonna play Bernice Mac? No, I also. Yeah, right. I also don't want to be hypocritical here because I'm a fan of the idea of the Ghostbusters reboot. But now, yes. when everyone, if everyone starts doing this, it's gonna mm-hmm. get so stupid. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, let's do a female Indiana Jones. Ah, oh, come on! Like, no. Like, Laura Croft was that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that was an instance where they had like idea and made a new awesome character that like that's a woman character and it's original. So. You can do all the, the old Laura Croft version of like Danny Ocean. It doesn't have to be like tied to Ocean's Eleven. I Anyways, totally agree. There's my stupid. there's my there's my small rant stupid, on that. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I think I think Ghostbusters is yields itself much better. Yeah, oh, that, better I'm, to I'm sure. yeah. this type of remake rather than especially since we're getting hints that it's not a you know they're not the same characters yeah. as women. Yeah. It's like a it's just a sequel and they happen to be women. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. It's not it, to me that's not any different than like. 
perhaps Daisy, I don't know if this is true, but Daisy Ridley's character in Star Wars being a Skywalker, right? It's just the next generation. It's not like they're doing it again. Yeah, and she's, she's not Princess Leia. Yeah, and Luke she's not like Lucy Skywalker. Anyways, what was I going to say? So now that I'm all hyper and amped and we're getting loopy here, let's get into... Uh, the... Sarkin style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sarkin style. Let's do it. Let's start yelling and screaming like everyone let's ever does. We'll, every... pace. we'll carry around our computers and walk around in circles and right. go upstairs. Walk and, and talk. Walk, walk and talk. talk. Walk and talk. Um, so, yes, we are going to get into the movie that we saw this week um, called Steve Jobs based on the life of... Steve Jobs, kind of the life. Well, not really, not really the life. life. We'll get into what that means exactly. Um, This is a Danny Boyle movie uh, written by Aaron Sorkin, and uh, you know of 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 Moneyball and Social Network and West Wing and uh, was the network, the network newsroom, whatever that's called. Network's another movie. Uh, Um, Sports night, sports sports night, night, yeah. So Uh, and and you know Aaron Sorkin's got a very distinct style, and Danny Boyle has a very distinct style, and Michael Fassbender, who plays Steve Jobs, is you know one of the greatest actors out there right now. So it's got all the and Kate Winslet, it's got all the makings for a good movie. Hef Haniels. Um, you know, I there's not too much there's not too much plot to really discuss here because it's the life of Apple CEO Steve Jobs and how you know it takes place between three conventions one in 1984 1988 and 1998 um, 1988 and 19, I don't know if it's right yeah, um, and it goes through three different points of his life and then the movie's basically over and it yep. goes through his struggles with the company and with his daughter and his, and his uh, daughter's mother um, other than that let's let's get into it who wants to go first here uh, I went. I went first with Bridge of Spies. Mitch, why don't you start off sure. here? I want to know what what are your uh, first thoughts of Steve Jobs. I'm going to say too that I didn't hear anyone put this in the top ten of their films of the year. You did. I did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Never mind. Then. I may or may not. It's still okay. You know, so you got yeah, So that, I'm spoiling. I'm spo- yeah, spoilers. They liked it. it. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> they liked it. Okay, they, go, Mitch. I liked it, but I have reservations. Okay. I would like to preface this. <laughs> With, I'm not a huge Sorkin fan. I find him to be um, kind of obnoxious, and his writing is very repetitive, uh, et cetera, et cetera, what you've heard distinct. about Aaron Sorkin. What? Distinct. I mean, It's distinct, is, but... It, you, you like He's repetitive within a scene? Is it's that repetitive. Yeah. No, it's repetitive style. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, well, um, I'm sure we'll make comparisons to movies here in a yeah. second. But yeah, anyways, sorry to interrupt. But I liked what he did um, by making it feel like a play. And in fact, I would have liked would, to yeah, see this as thing. a play yeah, instead yeah. of a movie, yeah, in all I honesty. It was, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, I like most of it, most of it the acting, um, the pacing of it. I think Danny Boyle does a great job mm-hmm. with the material. Um, maybe that's why I wasn't so, like, uh, rolling my eyes with Aaron Sorkin's writing in this, because it worked with Danny Boyle's um, fast paced directing and just unique style of uh, editing and directing. Um, That's pretty much all I got to say about it, except uh, I didn't like the ending. And we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, I really like this movie. And um, it might be because I am a total theater geek and nerd, um, but to me, it was just like watching great theater on screen um, where you have these huge, long scenes, which is totally dialogue driven. And as much as like, I think Danny Boyle, like is 
does like a really good job here directing like for reasons that you said mitch and uh, why i think all the performances are great i think this is really like an aaron sorkin standout piece um it's, yeah it's film aaron wise, sorkin's film movie wise, more yes. than anyone yes, definitely so. and um it's just like watching this explosion of just like furiousness and creativity and arrogance <laughs> definitely and um i just i really enjoyed this movie i laughed really hard at parts and i got choked up at parts too um i i love this movie actually um it might even be in like top three for me of the year Ooh. it's i mean there's definitely like on a different day like i could yeah, yeah see yeah. myself bashing it for some reasons and being um i don't know if not jaded i i've, I've lost the word for it but maybe cynical to some of the things that it's saying and doing but i just i i love watching this this movie if if nothing to watch great performances across the board um, I enjoyed watching this movie. Um, I don't think it's a great film. Like, I don't, I don't know why. That's, I guess that's my, I just, I, I do know why. But I, um, that's my opinion on it. Like, I liked watching it. I think that, like, I don't know. It, I'm, and I'll say, too, that I am an Aaron Sorkin fan. I don't like the newsroom very much. Oh, God, it's the worst. Um, I'm sorry. I have to get I don't it know. in there that I think that is the worst show on television. Well, that's that's was for sure not true though. The worst show on TV that people think is the best. Okay, that I, I could see, but that doesn't there's count. a lot. That doesn't of shows. count. CBS. I was, was going to say like, <laughs> keeping up with the Kardashians. No, but no, I mean whatever. So that's just other than that, I I love this. I mean, Social Network's one of my. I think it might be one of my favorite movies in the last. 10 years or whatever yeah um good. moneyball i loved uh, you know but i will say too that i am like probably the biggest facebook fan uh, ever and i'm <laughs> and also <baseball. laughs> and i'm also the biggest baseball fan ever i have never owned an apple product in my life and i think maybe i just don't care enough for the subject matter in a lot of ways um that might not be true i think that it you know it stuck out to me and it's very obvious that this is like a play and I think it would work way better as a play. I think, I don't know. It, I was trying to figure out why it isn't. Like, why? It just seems such like it, it's a play. It's a three act play and like it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one thing that kind of irked me about it. I thought the performances are obviously great. Everyone in this movie is incredible. We should shout out to Jeff Daniels, Michigan native, killed it again in this movie, just like he has in The Martian and in the news. You know, he's great in the newsroom. I mean, I don't care for the show as a whole, but he's amazing. Um, you know, uh, I guess the, the other biggest gripe I had was it just kind of stayed the same, which was like, mm-hmm. you know, every every scene, every act was, okay, when's Waz going to come in and yell at Steve, right? When's Jeff Daniels going to come in and yell at Steve? Okay, when is he going to confront his daughter? And it just happened in every part of the yeah. movie, and I felt like... What dickish thing is he going to do and, Yeah, and like how much of a dick is he going to be to them and, uh, you know... It just got you know. I don't necessarily find Aaron Sorkin to be ridiculously repetitive. I think he's I think he's distinct from mm-hmm. from from movie to movie and show to show, but I don't think he's necessarily repetitive. Um, I thought this film within itself was really 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 repetitive. That was meant to be ironic. Really. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts. I don't know. I it wasn't blown away, but I enjoyed it. 
Because mm-hmm. I like every actor in this movie, and yeah. I like watching them act. Mm-hmm. I didn't find a lot of Danny Boyle in this movie. No. That's like, what I was all? really shocked <laughs> at. No, I did. Uh, like, so when quick had, cutaways. Like, quick well, cutaways to things. Yeah, like, and sometimes mm-hmm. when there was like... But when compared was, to his previous work, this is a way more sedated. Toned down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's definitely... You, we get, you know... Images on screens behind people, which is like so Danny Boyle. Yeah, but <laughs> right, that's what I and like sometimes like the walls would become screens. And stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was so inconsistent. I didn't like. It I weird. agree with that. I thought it was really cool, but there were only two instances yeah, of like it. it. Didn't come there up should there. have been an instance in the final act, and there wasn't. I also thought like you know part of this being like a stage play is like there's so it's all exposition. Like nothing is. Current. shown really it's all like it's it, specifically i don't want to jump too far ahead but specifically the second act the 1988 part mm-hmm. where jeff daniels confronts uh steve jobs mm-hmm. about why are you saying i fired you that kind of thing just it was just like that 15 minutes of dialogue explained the whole movie and i just i don't know you could have like i could have seen that happen rather than them talk about it and you do see it anyways you know what i mean it's very weird yeah. like yeah. You know, I would have rather have seen the scene in Steve's um, house where he's talking about no furniture and then the scene in the boardroom just, just play out and not have them narrate it behind, you know? Mm-hmm. That could have interluded into the second act or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think that, that goes away from the kind but of the it style. Didn't keep up with, of, yeah, I think it was the style or pace. It does, yeah. it, does, so. it does take away from the style, but I just kind of so, felt like... I knew I, they weren't going to resolve anything, no. so I was just like, okay wrap this up kind of thing i love that scene between those two i, I, thought I that liked was, it too it's great like, acting. incredibly tense performance yeah great was, acting no you question. know eyes bugged man i mean maybe i should give it another watch just because maybe i was just so enthralled in the performances and kind of the theater of it all that maybe i didn't you know take a closer look at some of the reasons why it may didn't let you have feelings why it didn't work but like, I, and I'm definitely willing to see this again. And see, and yeah, I will. I, and that's the other thing. It's not boring. Like, I hope. I hope I don't have the same feelings I did with Birdman, which which I saw the first time and was like head over heels for it. And I saw it again and was oh, like, really? eh, you know, I got everything on the first viewing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of does remind me of Birdman yeah, a little. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, well, that scene. Yeah, some of those scenes, like where you're saying the exposition, like. Are they supposed to make me like like Steve Jobs because or feel bad for him that he got fired because he was so wrong about like everything going like about the the Mac about Apple II about you know where to take the company mm-hmm. and they're all just like trying to tell him that and he's just so so arrogant and full of himself that he will never admit defeat and I think that might be my favorite part about the movie in that our main character is a total asshole and everybody else is a protagonist Yeah, in that sense. Like Jeff Daniels, you like him more than you like Steve jobs. You like Kate Winslet's uh, character more than you like Steve jobs. You like Effie. Obviously everybody likes Waz more than they like Steve jobs. Um, and even Michael Stuhlbarg's character, uh, Hertzfeld or is it Kurtzfeld? I think it Hertzfeld. Hertzfeld. Yeah. yeah. Andy Hertzfeld. Or is it Kurtz? I don't know. It's hurts it's though. Andy Hertzfeld. Uh, great characters. All these guys are amazing. And they play great people, like, you know, good people who just happen to be <laughs> with one of the, like, most well known egomaniacs of our time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant guy, but, you know. 
Well, at what cost? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think about? I mean, I guess the question is whether you're kind of bringing up here is like, are we supposed to be sympathetic or not? I was never. Uh, I was more. Yeah. The, the part that I got choked up with was with Kate Winslet and her talking about like, um, being a father and being your greatest accomplishment. I mean, that, that that really destroyed me actually. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, I think we should talk about Kate Winslet in a little bit. Yeah. But, um, no, I didn't get, I thought my biggest problem with it was the ending and, how it kind of got a little sappy, mm-hmm. kind of away from the yeah. Steve Got Jobs character that we've been building for this whole. Uh-huh. That was that was definitely my biggest problem, and that was something I noticed <clears throat> with it. But it's something I'm willing to you know forgive, I he, guess. He's like each <laughs> act, each three parts. He's a total dick to his daughter, regardless of the age she is. Like, mm-hmm. t- you know, a little kid, and he says like the most evil thing to her. Like, it doesn't mean anything. What does he say about like the Lisa? Yeah, uh, coincidence. It's a coincidence. Yeah, you know what a coincidence is? Yeah, like uh, just awful, awful. Like I heard somebody in my uh, in the like audience when I was watching it go like, "What a douche!" (laughs) 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 Um, But each one, each scene in this, I guess, goes into the repetitiveness. Is he's a dick, and then he does something kind of sweet. He's a dick. He does something kind of sweet, and then at the end, he's a total dick in the sense that like I'm not paying for her tuition and. Uh, of course I'm paying for your tuition. It's like, you are such a fake person. And I just, I didn't believe it at the end. I didn't believe that he actually cared about his daughter as much as it tried to make me think he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where does this, I mean, in terms of repetitiveness, maybe, and like I've, everyone is making this comparison, but you talk about the quote unquote sappiness of the ending or the way that they're trying to force sympathy at the ending. Mm-hmm. You know, how does this compare to jesse eisenberg's mark zuckerberg for you guys in terms of that where it's kind of like you know he's not the nicest guy in the world through most of that movie but at the end you're kind of you kind of have this sympathy for him um where he like i'm trying to remember exactly how that you know movie he, ended. Sorry. he's uh looking he's at the friend he's looking at the friend request for yes. the girl that he screwed over or whatever yeah and forgot about i see I, I don't feel bad for I don't feel bad for either of them, I guess, they're at the end of the movie. Well, they're, yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> but, no, um, I know what you mean. But sympathy even like, you know, inability I to... felt more sympathy toward the Mark Zuckerberg character in that sense, because he was truly alone. And, mm. like, well, and he did stuff. And it, yeah, yeah, he actually <laughs> I mean, you know, was he, a programmer. He's more and, the Wozniak in yeah, the situation. Yeah, he was a programmer and, and developed and, then, uh, and you know, built like a the, business. That's the other interesting... Sorry, that's the other interesting thing where, like... Um, Army Hammer. What's the what's the what are those brothers' names? The Vinkelvoss. Um, the Vinkelvoss. Yeah. The Vinkelvoss. Yeah. They're. It's like I feel like they're more Steve Jobs and Mark yeah. Zuckerberg's more Waz, but like with the other one won out in that situation. You know what I mean? Well, just, like Justin what, Timberlake is more. Of yeah. The Steve okay. Jobs, I guess. But yeah. you know, one one has the real plan, or it has like the real technolo- technological plan. The other one has the how are we going to make this popular? The plan. marketing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, in Social Network, I felt the worst for Andrew Garfield's character. Well, after, yeah, right. Yeah, because right, he, right. he totally gets but fucked. And who's probably, if you're going to make comparisons here, that's probably the daughter character mm-hmm. in this movie, right? Maybe? Yeah. Or or is it Kate Winslet? No. Because no, you Kate do Winslet. feel bad for her, though, too, because she's kind of like... screws over Kate Winslet. Though. No, but she he is just... You see him like... You feel like he maybe isn't very appreciative of everything that she does. The of the movie I, are both of those characters, I think. Yeah. yeah, but he doesn't really seem to care about her at all. 
Yeah, but no, I no, think no, without no. her. First, clarify, not... we're talking about the movie. I don't know anything about <laughs> yeah, yeah, their exactly. actual lives. And like, I can't imagine all these conversations that happen on, oh, this, on yeah, these yeah, days, yeah, of course. I'm sure things but... were said, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think he does care for her. I don't think we ever see it. But I don't. I think without her, that Steve Jobs character would disintegrate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For he sure. just says some, like, really, like, just dumb things to her like insensitive things to her and how can we've never like, slept together yeah and then and then it'll just be like haha i was just joking it's like that's like that's like dick boyfriend like shit <laughs> dick boyfriend say well, from, Frat all, boy. from, from all accounts he was a dick i mean that's he the is, problem with this movie that course. like that like he was a dick and and they're kind of trying to force a little sympathy there whether it's like are they I, yeah, I because you also got get, it. I mean, I don't know. I am not well read on the history of this person's life, but um, the late Steve Jobs, I think, is should be mentioned and noted because they don't, you know, they don't touch up on that at all. Um, Somebody, sorry, there's a there were like a little kid in my uh, in the crowd, and at the end when the credits were rolling, he said, "Wow, Steve Jobs didn't even play himself," <laughs> and his what? mom was like, and his mom was like. It's because Steve Jobs is dead, you dummy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. What, what, a, what an <laughs> idiot of a child. What do you mean he doesn't play himself? Yeah, <laughs> what, I know. What does that even <laughs> mean? <laughs> How often does that happen? Unless your name's Ronda Rousey. Or... Yeah. Um, no, but I, I guess he's... because Okay, I guess here's a better question. Do they... Forget sympathy. Empathy. Forget that. The guy's a billionaire. We're not, we can't empathize with any of that. Um... Do you is he the protagonist? Do you find a way in this movie that he is somehow a hero? And the reason I bring that up is because the 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 mother of his child seems to be a very negligent woman to her child, and he kind of saves the day at the end in a way, narratively within the movie. I don't know what happened in real life, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's, it, this was the tr- tricky and complex thing about it. Like I was, I mean. At the end of the day, I like wanted his like shows to go well, right? Like I wanted him to do well, but at the same time, like I'm watching all these scenes, like God, this guy's such a dick. But so I think that's the, and I think that's the real argument, like people have about the real and the real feeling that people have about the real Steve Jobs, and the argument that people tend to have about a lot of just artists in general, Mm -hmm. where. You know, uh, people in the film industry who are notoriously not nice men or women are talented, yeah. and that's all that matters. You know what I mean? Um, it kind of like it brings up that conversation. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the Glenn Gary Glenn Ross thing. Like, nice guy, fuck you, go home and play with your dad or your kids. It's like, I don't know. Steve Jobs isn't there to be a nice dude. He's there to just change the world in his mind, and he did. Like, there's no question about it. So. Um, that's the fun of the movie, which is like you're trying to kind of question. That. It's like, and again, similar, I think, to Zuckerberg in a way, where it's like, is he doing the right thing here? But he's also changing the world. So, yeah. well, I would, I would imagine that uh, the mother, um, Chrisanne, would be a lot, <laughs> a lot better mother if the father was actually in the picture. So. I don't feel any sympathy toward him at all because he right. doesn't even try. Right. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, he just doesn't even try. He doesn't care about her. And each scene ends like when we see her ends with, "When do you need the money? 
oh okay i'll give it a, i'll get it to you you know and it's like obviously you didn't give her the money that she needed yeah yeah and i'm thinking more of this the final shot in the movie too um he brings her he doesn't bring her on stage but he you know has he's her backstage to. but the, i was then i was thinking when i saw it i'm like oh, he's about to go get it like on stage and like go make a gesture to her but then i was like thinking like maybe, maybe it cuts there and you know we got all these flashing lights on steve jobs and Maybe he does. He maybe he doesn't right go to her, her and grabs something else. Yeah, maybe he doesn't go to her and he like goes over to like a press guy over here instead. Yeah, and yeah. I like how I like how that ends kind of right like that. And I'm just now thinking of that. It's kind of like the spinning top. You don't really you, know, you don't yeah. see him see, look but over. You like, it's the spinning top of our day. Yeah. You, while that is true, while that is true, it wasn't in the movie, so I can't yeah. like assume that the that's, spinning top. Yeah, I, the, yeah. I know, but. The, the ending to me felt like a focus group ending. Mm-hmm. Like it had a different ending, and then they're like, "It's not very nice, and doesn't make me yeah, feel good." No, it but does. You also, I don't like, think you can the- end on him being like that. That's that would be weird if it didn't end like that. And maybe it's just because it, it did. We've I, seen well, so see, many movies that where it has to end positive. I, I think a cool a cool <laughs> ending might have been like you know um, they have a fight, him and his daughter, and she leaves. She doesn't go back in. But then she's about to pull out of the parking lot or something. He goes, you know, I'm going to put music in your pocket one day. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to, you know, like, kind of like that's where he sees. It, it comes back to the conversation with what is your best creation, your daughter? Or is it the things that you're creating that change the world? And and he still it, just it, wants At, at the end of the movie, in his mind, it would still be the he, iPod yeah. rather than a daughter that likes him. Mm-hmm. Um, or he he thinks he gets he gets favorship from his daughter by creating stuff, kind of thing. Um, you know, it was very sappy with he printed out the pay, the picture. Yeah, I was like, painted. am I um, with how you know how good he is at remembering and feeling for his daughter and his family and his friends and caring about them? I'm really supposed to believe that he printed off that picture. And, yeah, that's but but. It was one of those moments. That was the moment he liked his daughter, not because it was his daughter making a picture, but because it was like a red letter date in the history of Apple computers, where like someone did something creative on a computer. It's not like, look at what, <laughs> look at what my baby created, the Macintosh. <laughs> you know, so I just someone to look at that picture of that that painting and be like, that kind of sucks, man. <laughs> like, what is that? A rhombus? What is going on there? This is very. Uh... Did you guys notice at the end of the film? Abstract. At the end of the film, there was this weird, like in that montage, with the flashing lights and like the lights are flashing on her his daughter's face. There's a weird flashback, like one shot to a wide shot of the garage, and all you hear is "Waz." You hear Steve Jobs go "Waz." That's it. Like he's gonna say something else. Did you notice that? It's yeah. very bizarre. No. Yeah, that was weird. It, I thought he was gonna say "Waz." You know, we did it, or this is gonna change the world, or something. Yeah, that was weird. It's very weird. I don't know. I didn't catch that. Odd. There were some odd. weird moments like that. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about performances specifically. I mean, we haven't even touched on Seth Rogen yet. Yeah. Um. Who Who I will admit doesn't sound like Steve Wozniak at all, but he sounds like Seth Rogen. But did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. I think I love Seth Rogen. I think, you know, he kills it in this movie. Yep. Um. Any expanded thoughts on that other than he just nailed it? Uh, I think it was great. I think he captured uh, Steve Wozniak's personality perfectly. That's for sure true. And yeah. I I did, like, I loved the scene in the orchestra pit. That was uh-huh. probably my favorite argument of the movie, I think. Oh, I, no, I like the last argument between 
was too. in front of yeah. everyone when in front of everyone in the theater and i just got a lot of catharsis from a lot of the things that steve wozniak was saying about like like do you know how condescending you sound i don't know that part where like you know you get a free you get a life pass and yeah. I, like i because i thought i wanted to be like come on man yeah and then he did it so that was great well i i love the line in that scene where he said like it's not binary you can be decent and gifted at the same mm-hmm. time i was like that was like the line of the movie to me yep yeah no i, I thought Seth, he was like the real the toss-up for me going into it too it's like i mean you have yeah Fast right. Bender, winslet jeff daniels and we know and these guys don't, can act. don't throw away michael stuhlbarg michael stuhlbarg is amazing oh yeah actor. definitely yeah, yeah. Um, and it, actually, I didn't even know he was in the movie until he showed up right. in the movie. He's uh, he's <laughs> hurt though. Yeah, he yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that scene with the the, the the their last final argument was really mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. When so he, so when yeah, going into it, I was like, how's Seth Rogen gonna handle Sorkin material? And great. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, Kate Winslet. I mean, she's good. Just. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, I think she's good. I, think, I, I thought she was great. Her. I thought she was great. One know. of my favorite Kate Winslet performances, and there's a lot of them. I think because it just felt so natural. I didn't. It didn't blow me away or anything. It just, yeah, I mean, it did, very, it just. Okay. I kind of got lost. Like I didn't. After like ten minutes, I didn't see Kate Winslet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was one of those performances. Like I, I kind of forgot. And then later with the long hair, I was like, oh, there she is there again. She is. <laughs> you know, like I don't She's know. Hiding behind those glasses, yeah, aren't like, you? I really. <laughs> I don't know. I thought she was really, really good. Um, and obviously, you know. Michael Fassbender this is a, the second only the second movie we've seen with him this year. We saw Slow West mm-hmm. um, earlier in the year. Um, I I haven't seen I haven't seen more than ten minutes of the Ashton Kutcher uh, Jobs movie. Have either I know you have right, Mitch? Have you seen that movie? I thought you had. No, no one. Nope. Nope. Okay, so we really don't have anything besides critics' claims of that movie. We don't have anything to really compare it against. But how did you think Michael Fassbender did as Steve Jobs? Uh. As far as looks go, I don't think the f- he, he by the end of the movie, I was like, that's look kind of like him. But I think he really did a great job capturing, in my at least in my mind, what Steve Jobs was like from different accounts that I've heard or read. Yeah, He's, I thought he nailed the voice. I don't know. Did you guys not? I've I've never like watched a Steve yeah, Jobs. I can tell you. I don't. I don't know if voice is that important to me when no, it comes I, to that stuff. But yeah. But um, we just definitely had that personality that I have thought or have heard that Steve Jobs yeah. has. And Ashton Kutcher, really, all he had was that he looked like Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, he looked almost exactly like him. So, and that's not going to get you far. And that's not important. That, like, that's never important to me, not I guess. All, yeah. I don't know why. Like, I'd rather see I mean, you got to look kind of, so it's believable. But um, I think, yeah, I think Michael Fassbender was great. Yeah, the way he can deliver a phrase and like he you can tell that Steve Jobs doesn't find this offensive what he's saying but like it's so offensive and like you can see it in like his like Fassbender's eyes he's like no this is just like a fact like it's this isn't offensive right if that was that's so smart to play it that way um it's weird to think that David Fincher was supposed to direct this and Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to star in it for the longest time. And then 
Now it's like I cannot now it's that. I can't even at see all. that. I, I know, right? <laughs> now I wouldn't. I wouldn't see David Fincher wanting to do this. Really, I yeah, can't believe Danny did. Boyle did this. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's much. It's not really. It's super low key. For yeah, him. it's not a visual movie. Really, like there's like there's. I mean, like we talked about. There's like yeah, the yeah. obvious flares that he. Does. I like. You know, I like those projections. I didn't like the first one, but I like the second one with the rocket stuff mm-hmm. going down the hallway. Um, but I, as I, I wish it was more consistent, though. I wish that was throughout. It, exactly. No, I agree. There should have been one in the final act, and there wasn't. You know, there there just wasn't. Or in the beginning, right? Like yeah. in the mirrors in the room, in the green room, or something. Like I don't mm-hmm. know. It could have been anywhere. Did you guys notice the music? Like, did you have a very conscious? Sometimes. Did you notice the change kind sometimes, of going yeah. on? There? Sometimes it was very like computery, and sometimes it was very orchestral. And I think that it did change from the decade. Mm-hmm. I think it changed. I think the the eighty four stuff was super techno-y. and then by the time you got to nineteen ninety eight, it was like very orchestral. Mm-hmm. Um, which I kind of get. I get it. I loved the computer stuff. Yeah, it was intense. Yeah, yeah, and it was different. And that works for that Sorkin. I mean, we saw it in Social Network. In Social too. Network. It, it reminded me of Social for, Network too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sorkin dialogue. Right. I also really like the very beginning with that news footage of Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah, that's talk- great. Talking about. The internet and having a phone in your pocket, yeah. essentially. I love I love the title sequence and just the names. It was it was beautifully organized. Yeah, yeah. Steve Jobs would approve. Yeah. <laughs> um, which you know, I guess is another theme of the movie too, which is that I guess Steve Jobs. We get the idea at least that Steve Jobs preferred form over function, right? Like it didn't matter if it worked well as long as it. It just made me so mad, but yeah, <laughs> looked cool. I mean, did it? And do you think I, that's I reflective like, in the I movie? Don't like that. I like that in the movie, obviously. The, you don't the, agree the with style that theory. Everything. I don't agree with that theory at all. And I love the it's argument. Worked. I love the argument about the ports and what and like the closed system because it's like, why would you want to close off your computer and make it so that nobody can access it? That's why people get computers, especially in that time. That's why they got computers so they could, you know, customize them. Yeah. And he, uh, nope, didn't like that. And that's what ruined the Macintosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's also why it's kind of. I mean, he did change that for, that's for true, a while. Before that, for a while, computers he, were for a certain type of people, yeah, not for everyone. Like he said, it's not for everyone. Um, exactly. And you know, the, he had a little. He had a little foresight that I don't think he really understood with that closed off end-to-end thing, and that you know. You know, for years, everyone was like, well, Macs don't get viruses because they have such good virus protection. No, it's just because like 3% of the world's computers were Macs. And you can't, it's like, it's the Independence Day thing where you can't, you know, you, you make a, if you make a virus for a PC, it doesn't work the same way it does on a, on a Mac. So like he had intentional, unintentional foresight. I mean, maybe he did, but in the movie, you don't get the sense that he had yeah. really was thinking about that. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think it's interesting how the exclusivity of the original Max became inclusive. Like, it, because people bought into it, now everyone has that, you know, now. It everyone, felt more personal. Yeah. Even because you didn't have to do anything to it. and you, But you got to pick its color. <laughs> I love the debate. Do you guys remember those IMAX? Yeah. Did, you have, did you have them? I never had I one. Never had one. My I cousin mean, had one. And I remember going on it and being like, I don't know what any of this is. I, I remember when I've had friends that had... Um, Max, it was always like, okay, this is cool. Um, can we play Doom? And they'd be like, <laughs> yeah, and they'd be like, exactly no. It. I'd be like, why not? Because they don't make it for Mac. I mean, they might have made Doom for Mac, but like, there was games. Still an issue today. Well, that where one, games don't. They're not compatible with. Was Mac. it called Kid Picks? 
that one game. Oh, that <laughs> sounds dirty. I know, it was, yeah. I know, right? It was like paints, but it was crazy. Um, that might not be the name of it, but uh, we, I remember, I don't remember what grade it was, but it was elementary school and just coming into the library and they were just everywhere. Like just, there were maybe like 30 of them and they were different colors. It was orange, that blue, the green, the purple. It was great. Loved it. Loved uh, those computers. That's I, nostalgic right there. I love the line in the movie just because it was in 1988 and it was after. I don't know if this was meant to be, but they said it like they repeated it like three times. If it crashes, it crashes, which reminded me of the Avon Drago line from Rocky Four. If he dies, he dies. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just said that over and over again, too. Yeah. It was really weird, but it was yeah. kind of funny. I hope that there was a joke there for everyone mm-hmm. that was intentional. I, I really liked um, the one line in the beginning that uh, Michael Stubarg delivers when he's like, he's like, I don't, I can't do this in 20 minutes. He's just like, I just can't. There's just no possible way. And he's like, oh, well, the world was created in six days. Why can't you do this? And he's like, well, maybe you can tell me how you did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite lines. That was ever. good. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It was great. such a like <laughs> slap in Steve Jobs face. Like. Fuck you. Or it was, you know, throwing fire onto his ego. <laughs> yeah, right. You're right. I did create the universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also like just the how the look of the film changed in those three. I mean, it's a really obvious like decision to make, I think, as a director. But mm-hmm. it's fun. It, it's nice to like just see like that the first. I've, I don't know the exact year, but the first one like looked looked a little grainy, looked a little rougher. I think they were shot on different formats. Yeah, too. yeah. I was yep. thinking that, but I'm I'm not that much of a good camera from what i recall i think the 84 version the 84 time was shot on 16 millimeter the 88 was shot if they could sell me some what (laughs) 35 millimeter and then later the 98 was shot in an iphone (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i wouldn't be surprised um well given danny boyle's track record that's what i was expecting right right um no, I loved it. It's always fun too. I love that. I'm such a. I am such a nostalgic head for the '90s. Like I love that shit. '98 was my favorite. I don't know why. I just love looking at everyone and like uh, looking at all the stuff and even the colorful Macs. Like, uh, take me back to 1998. Even clips of Bill Gates and and AOL. Like that just is just. I love it. It's fun. It's just it's fun. crazy to think how far we've come in such 20, 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Scary. Cool. Um, I guess the only other the movie that, that I just just because, you know, we I know we've seen these movies, we've talked about them together. Um, you know, how do you compare the characters? I guess. I I saw a, lot, a little bit of similarity between uh, Brian Wilson we saw in Love and Mercy and Steve Jobs here in terms of like the dedication to the craft and the people around them not understanding it. Whether it's the other Beach Boys members being like. You know, why do we have to sit here for five hours and, and do the cellos over and over and over again versus, you know, why do I need to go out and get you a shirt with a pocket in it so that we can put, a, you know, these ridiculous claims that geniuses have that other people don't understand and just kind of dealing with perfection. Did you see any similarities what, there? The, yeah. Uh, yes and no. Um, a dedication. Yes. But I don't what exactly what craft is there for Steve Jobs besides just presentation 
That's a craft. The craft. It's, I it's get definitely it, the, 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 the. I guess that's the my proof big problem. Is I mean, it's the Steve Wozniak. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? I'm I'm John Lennon. What is these area like? Yeah, you. Because I wrote I, it. I, I'm not Ringo. I want to be John. Yeah. Yeah. I am John. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's comparisons for sure. Yeah, but. I think you're, you're onto something with those comparisons, but I think the main difference is how they, you know, treat the, those around them. And you're supposed what, to be way uh, sympathetic to Brian Wilson. Yeah, right? and Brian yeah. Wilson be, is a good person. And he's yeah, be, he's, <laughs> being, he's not chewing these people out, and he's being taken advantage, whereas Steve Jobs seems to be taking advantage of other people. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And one does music, and one does marketing. Um, Colin, specifically for you, because you really, really, really like this movie. I did. Um, where does this, I mean, in recent memory of Aaron Sorkin films, where does this rank for you? Are we talking like overall film or like as his scripts? Um, let's go with film first. I mean, I guess it's, I guess, I guess you're not going to say it's better than social. Network. Oh no. I I rarely see a thing that recently, <laughs> no, really, that's better recently than that's better than social yeah. network. Um, but. But yeah. I liked it better than Moneyball mm-hmm. as a film. I thought it was more exciting and got my heart racing more than Moneyball did. I can see that. Um, do you think it was better I mean, written? I liked do you Moneyball, think, but... think it was better written than Moneyball? I do. I do. And I, I actually think it falls in kind of like the issue that Moneyball had with his Brad Pitt's character and his daughter, Steve Jobs' character and his daughter. They're both are not like fully they they seem like they're in there for an audience awe moment rather than um, they, they like serve a pers- purpose for the plot rather mm-hmm, than to mm-hmm. be their own character yes, yeah, yeah for sure but um i i for yeah. sure felt that in moneyball that was my yes. biggest yeah like the lack of development in that plot line is kind of what didn't make moneyball as good as it could have mm-hmm. been for me i think yeah but i think the the daughter in steve jobs is much more important to the yeah, I do too, because yeah, it's yeah. about his creations, his daughter right. and his right. you know computers and stuff. Um, so I really like Moneyball. Um, I do too. I agree with that. I but I I think Moneyball is more relatable because it's Billy Bean. It feels like a real person, whereas Steve Jobs is such like a like a god. And, and it's baseball. I yeah, people understand baseball. Yeah, and and they talk like real people for the most part, mm-hmm. more so than this and. I guess that's, um, you know, one of my main problems with Sorkin is everything feels so rehearsed, and written and cookie cutter you know, kind of thing. really fast. Like, yeah. geez, yeah. how do you come up with something so brilliant in under you know a millisecond to say to someone? Yeah, it's, but I never, I like, I I understand that argument, and I think it's you know a valid argument depending on the person, um, but I think he does such a good job in creating these worlds. That where everyone talks like that, so it's believable. If you just had a few characters that were like that, it would bug me a lot more. But um, I, I always think Sorkin does such a great job of like fully developing his characters, big or small, and to be existing in that world that he is written for them. Yeah, and quite frequently he's dealing with characters that are supposedly some of the smartest around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is, I mean... Sometimes annoying within itself, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just his thing, man. It's like Aaron Sorkin's a witty dude, and like that's kind of the fun for seeing him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys recommend Steve Jobs to everyone out there? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I do as well. Very interesting. I like to. I like the three act structure, but 
would have been nice to see it as a play. Yeah, I, I think I would like to see it as a play too. If you get this cast on the stage, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I liked it as a movie, but I think it would definitely translate to stage really well, and it'd be interesting to, to see just the how, production design. How it, yeah, how it. Yeah, really there's, there's a lot of creative stuff. I think it'd be do. cool if, if like, you know, because obviously he does all of his presentations on stage. If you had like the stage was behind like the curtain. Yeah, yeah. So like they, cool. we were looking at them as if they were behind, like, mm-hmm. backstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, there's definitely room for people to play and experiment with how that could be on stage. Um, that would Let's be cool. write it. Let's do it. It's another <laughs> movie we have to write. Um, okay, we end every show with um, uh, Netflix video on demand recommendations from uh, all three of us. Um, I'll go first. I uh, first time in a while last night. I, I got to sit back and just be like, you know what? I'm watching a movie. Um, I watched a movie from 1995. Maybe this could be our 95 movie um, called Hackers um, starring starring Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lee Miller. You might know him. Um, He's now, he's currently, I think this show's still on, Elementary. He plays Sherlock Holmes, I think. Um, Anyways. Is it um, accurate? (laughs) Is it accurate to the uh, 95 hacking hacking scene? (laughs) Um, no, not at all. I don't know anything about hacking, but I know this isn't it. I also know that this is probably a terrible movie, but I enjoyed watching the hell out of it because it is absolutely, it's almost embarrassing for anyone in 1995. But also I'll say this on the good side of it. If like, if you're into this cyberpunk thing that was very popular in the eighties and nineties, this is a movie for you just on, on pure nostalgia. We were just talking about the nineties and how much I love the nineties. Um, the music in this movie is great. Like the soundtrack of this movie is super '90s techno stuff. I mean, I'm talking like Prodigy and shit. Mm. Um, so it's pretty fun for that aspect. And if you like Angelina Jolie, um, I does she take her clothes off? Yes, kind Yay! of. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I do. I'm kidding. I do. <laughs> I do. No, you're not. I do recommend this because she is hilariously 20 years old in this movie, and I mean, she plays like weird. A, she plays like a 17 year old, but. Um, it's just it's just weird. It's very weird. She looks weird. It, you'll be like, is that her? So, um, yeah, hackers. She's a really great actress. No, I am not. Hey, I like. I know her. you are. I'm just I, saying that she is. No, no, she is. And it's just fun. It, I always like watching these people start out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you can tell she's putting her heart and soul in this movie, but it, it doesn't. It like almost doesn't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I'm telling you, it's just it's a nice 1995 primary document. So like, go check out Hackers if you want. Uh, yeah, a kind of mindless yeah. movie. It's like Brad Pitt and Thelma and Louise. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's him. Right. Um, I'm going to recommend <laughs> completely different note. Uh, I'm going to recommend Not Another Teen Movie, which is on Netflix. Uh, I will defend that movie oh, yeah. I mean, till I die. I think that is one of the funniest movie movie spoofs. And uh, I wrote like a thing on Woodward's Detroit a while back about, spoof. about spoofs. And I'm sure, you know go through it and change a bunch that you know now my thoughts change all the time but i still think not another teen movie is very very funny chris evans is hilarious in it jamie presley's really funny in it um it's a lot of really great moments and if you like teen movies you know 80s and 90s teen comedies uh and dramas this is the movie for you it's a good tribute as well as it is like as any good spoof should be it's as uh-huh. much of a good homage as it is like a fun good comedy mm-hmm. yep it's great i love it very okay. funny colin yeah i'm um recommending a movie i actually haven't seen 
<gasps> say what now? I know, it's weird, but... Well, how can you recommend it? I, I don't know. I just don't say, Are like, you're just let's... recommending it for yourself? Yeah, I am. But I'm saying it, like, as a, hey, let's watch this together, and then you guys can email me and maybe tell me what you think about it. Depends. What is it? Um, Kamiko the Treasure Hunter. <sighs> I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is that? It's this movie that came out in 2014, so last year, and I... I remember seeing trailers for it, and I remember hearing really great things about it. Um, and I love the plot of it. It's about this lonely Japanese girl who discovers a hidden copy of Fargo on VHS, and then she actually thinks it's a it's real a true story, a real treasure map, based on a true story. And I didn't even know it was based on a true story. Mm-hmm. So it's about her trying to find that treasure, maybe. On the side of the road in Fargo. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if I love the Coen brothers, so this anything. Is, this is really, it sounds so interesting. It does sound really cool. And it has Rinko Kinkuchi in it, who I loved from Babel and Pacific Rim. Um, so that's something I'm going to probably check out this weekend at some point. Well, cool. Well, the, reason on, she, the reason she thinks it's real is because in the beginning of Fargo, it says this is based on a true story, <laughs> even though it's not at all. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I'm going to check that out this weekend. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, I'm going to watch that. Oh, cool. Yeah, I see that. Cool. Well, let us know what you think. Yeah, and then I maybe, will. Yeah. I nice. will. Interesting. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, that about does it for us. Again, we, uh, we did do Bridge of Spies this week as well, so be sure to check that out on iTunes. And um, we will be ne- back next week. We're going to do one movie next week, I think. Um, Spectre. Yeah, Spectre. New James Bond movie comes out this weekend, guys. So. I'm sure we'll have a lot. 95. And then, we, yeah, at some point we need to do a 95 movie, um, which Mitch will uh, be choosing. But if you have a suggestion for the 95 movie, or if you have any thoughts on any of the movies that we've discussed, you can email us at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at woodwardsdet. For Callan and Mitch, I am Kale. We'll see you next week, guys, for our 007 discussion. Have a good week. This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production, your Detroit avenue to alternative pop culture talk.